0: Hi, I'm Clara Wisner, and this is Revolutionary Lifestyle Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Revolutionary Lifestyle Podcast. I'm here with my guest, Amy Killingsworth. Today, we are going to be talking about Women's leadership, rising to reign, your queendom, all of that stuff. We'll see where it goes, but I'm super excited to have her. I know Amy through doTERRA, actually, she is my upline's upline, if you guys are familiar with anything MLM-based. but um, So we we have done, you know, I've done trainings with her, and she hosts these events called Rise to Reign, which I'm sure we'll talk about. Um, that I have not had the honor of going to yet, but I'm excited to once it, it works out for me. But Amy is the founder of Rise Terrain. She is a coach and consultant on women's leadership. She's a doTERRA Blue Diamond, which is pretty significant if you know what that is. Um, and she's also homeschooling mom of three, and she lives in Arizona. So, welcome, Amy.
1: Thank you for having me, Claire. I'm so excited to be here. You know, you came on my podcast a little yeah. while ago and we had such an incredible time together that I'm just so excited about what's going to come of this one. So thanks for having me. I'm so happy to be here.
0: Yep. Yeah. Yep. Amy has a podcast that just hit new and noteworthy um, called Also Rise to Rain. So, So we did a little talk on that about power and redefining power. So I shared it, but if you guys want to check out that podcast, I'm sure you'd love it if you love what we talk about today. So I always like to just ask, you know, what's your story? How'd you get here? And I'm actually pretty excited to hear this because I know you know, you, you work with someone and you hear them teach and follow them and you hear bits and pieces. But a lot of my guests, I've asked this question and I've maybe followed them for a long time. feel like I kind of know them. And then I'm like, wow, I didn't know that. I've never seen the whole picture, you know? So.
1: Well, I am excited to share it, but I just got the the guidance sort of to share my story in context of someone else's story. So yeah. I'm not sure when this is going to hit, but it is actually the day after St. Patrick's Day right now that we're recording this. So it's March 18th. And so this is fresh in my mind I was reading yesterday, rereading the story of St. Patrick. And you know we we celebrate that by like drinking green beer and wearing green and doing whatever you know hiding leprechauns or setting traps for them or whatever however you celebrate it or if you don't. But um, what has sort of gotten lost in that holiday is the true story of Saint Patrick. And he was a, a really privileged uh, noble person in in England in Britain. And he was captured by the Roman Empire and taken to Ireland and put into slavery. And so he really suffered in slavery for so many years. And then eventually he got liberated and was returned to his family and his life of privilege. And so when he got back to his family and his life of privilege, he just couldn't enjoy it anymore. He was like, he was like kind of awake to the suffering of the people of Ireland and what he saw over there, particularly the plight of women. And so he went back to Ireland of his own free will and actually became um, a, a humanitarian, what we would consider like a humanitarian rights worker over there in helping people, um, helping pr- perpetuate uh, human rights, specifically women's rights and in slavery in Ireland. So I was, I, I've always been just so fascinated about that story ever since I first read it because it so closely mirrors my own. So that is, you know, I was just sort of, I grew up very, very privileged, um, a really wealthy family and very sheltered from what goes on in the world. And I went to college and did the thing, you know, and, and got my degree and, and, um, was just kind of doing life. Like I was told I was supposed to do life. And I got married, and my marriage is really I would consider like the beginning of my slavery <laughs> period. Not because I'm not saying you know I'm not saying that it was just it was just a very very unhealthy relationship. And from my perspective, is the things that 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 happen to us that are really hard and scary, which is me really relevant for what's going on in the world right now, are the things that usually serve to wake us up. Now, it doesn't have to happen that way, but it often does. Is like when we're not listening, when we're looking at the wrong thing, sometimes something a little like um, abrasive comes and agitates us into like paying attention and waking up. And so that's when it kind of started. My marriage was very, very difficult, uh, very, very, very troublesome. Um, I had been through my own parents' divorce. So I definitely didn't want to get a divorce. So I stayed for a long time, had three kids. And in the midst of all of this, after my third child was born, I had um congestive heart failure, which is like out of the blue. But it was a a sort of a freak thing called Peripartum cardiomyopathy. I'm sorry, I know that you're getting ready to give birth, and so this is a horrible story to
0: tell. (laughs) (laughs) It was
1: like literally the doctors are all just, I was 36 years old, healthy, you know, and the doctors were just like, we don't know why this is happening, but I was in congestive
0: heart failure. Such an energetic thing. Like, I mean, I'm sure you have been through that now that you but like and just like that sense of why is this happening to someone who's so young and healthy you know it was so energetic
1: yeah, it was so energetic and so symbolic um, because my heart was just shut down, you know like I had just basically killed my heart to do what I felt like I was supposed to do, which you know what what was my conditioning or what was my you know brainwashing maybe is that uh, what a woman like what my responsibilities were and to like really sacrifice myself for my children and just stay no matter what because an intact family was more important than anything else and so congestive heart failure while like physically challenging and very scary was also really really symbolic and the way that they described it I don't tell this story super often but the way that they described it to me was that congestive heart failure is basically your heart is not getting blood out into your body. It's weak. It's a weakening of the heart muscle. And so there's a lot of things that come along with that. One of them is fluid in your lungs. That's how it was discovered was I woke up in the middle of the night completely drowning in fluid in my lungs. And now there is like swelling edema of the legs and, and the, the heart is very instrumental in taking, you moving fluid in your body. And so that fluid like sits and, and cools. But what's normally happening in congestive heart failure is the heart muscle isn't like, like uh, there's a systolic and a diastolic action. So the systolic is like the pump, your heart pumps and then it opens and fills and then it pumps and then it opens and fills. And Ali's like thinking that I'm (laughs) doing this for her benefit. (laughs) But the, the interesting thing about my congestive heart failure was it was backwards. So it's usually the, the, systolic motion isn't strong enough so it's just like kind of weak and the blood doesn't get out into the body it's called the ejection fraction like the the blood ejecting from the heart what my heart failure was is the failure to for my heart to relax and open to receive the blood that it needed my ejection fraction was fine it was perfectly normal the output was on point, but the input, it wasn't opening and relaxing and receiving what it needed to strongly output that to the rest of the body. So, I mean, do I even need to explain the symbolism there? <laughs> you know, wow. it's just is like such a picture of exactly how I was living—is just like performing and hustling and out, 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 serve, 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 serve. And it wasn't like service from a heart of love. It was service for worth and for significance and, and to do what I thought was expected of me so that I could be loved really is what the false belief I was operating under. So all of that to say is that I was 36 years old. I just gave birth to my third child, told I had five years to live at max. And this was terrifying. I mean, I will grant you that I was in the the intensive care with all kinds of wires coming out of me, holding this baby newborn, having a toddler and a kindergartner at home and being told that I was going to be put on a transplant list and have five years to live. And as scary as that moment was, I mean, terrifying as it was, it woke me up. It shook me awake. And I was like, no, I'm not going out like this. Like something finally like rose up in me to fight for me, not other people, not social justice. I mean, at this point I had a business and a a humanitarian aid nonprofit and I was out there like making it happen in the world, you know, raising kids and doing all the things. And this was the first time where that shifted to where like I was like willing to show up for myself and for my health and for my personhood, my personhood in the world. And so, what followed from that is just an incredible string of events. um, Where I started, I started with Doterra, and that gave me the financial wherewithal, the financial independence to be able to make a a different decision with my marriage and to um, start another coaching and consulting company. And I do. Women's leadership and sales, and I'm just passionate and passionate about taking this message of personal responsibility and healing yourself first um, to the world. And that's really, I mean, there there are so many little rabbit trails, bunny trails that I could take with this story, but that's the the real like crux of it is going through my own hell and then being being aware of the tools that that came to me for my healing and that's a, always a process you know i'm not i'm not um sitting here saying like i've i've arrived you know do what i did because it's always an ongoing process of healing spiritual and emotional healing but the tools that i discovered and the processes that i like downloaded for my own healing are so valuable and so needed especially in the world today and so that's the story of how i came about them and then like St. Patrick, it's like sort of my time to go back and reach back and and go back to all the people in slavery that need liberation and need the tools to, to heal themselves and to fight for themselves and to wake up and wake up to your purpose. Like the the tagline, the three like promises of Rice Rain are discover your most authentic self and activate your life's purpose and rock your relationships. And those are really the three areas that I feel like we, as women and men and people of the earth need to wake up to, who are you really? What are you really here to do? And all of that in the context of our relationships to other people.
0: Oh, so good. So good. Um, and yeah, I didn't, I didn't realize, I knew you had the the congestive heart failure thing, but I didn't realize how... Incredibly symbolic that was, and then you know, just to give people a, I don't know, a frame of reference. How long did it take you? Because it's been past that five years. You were given five years to <laughs> right, live.
1: Right. I least you get this part. Yeah. Like, what's going to happen?
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're alive and you're healthy and well. And Clear. how long ago Clear. was that?
1: So my baby Christian, who is sort of my marker, like every year on his birthday, I'm like. Oh see, I did that. You know, I did it. I made it past, he turned eight in October. So I'm three years past. I always like to say I'm three years past my expiration date and totally, completely healthy. I mean, the, um, there's a lot to this story as well as why I'm so passionate about natural wellness. Um, but I was in extreme, like deadly adrenal failure And that's why my heart failed because my, my endocrine system and my HPA access was effed to put it mildly. And I finally like through the grace of God and the leading of the spirit, I found this an incredible natural, not a a natural, but functional medicine doc who sort of followed the trail to the root and just with some targeted supplement lifestyle changes, essential oils got my body back into balance over a period of maybe like two or three years. It takes a while to heal from adrenal fatigue. Um, and again, adrenal fatigue is a symptom of too much output and not enough input, not good self-care and burning the candle. Same as, same as the
0: heart, you know, not the able to Yeah, see. same.
1: Mm-hmm. The body is so wise. I mean, you know this, like the body is so wise and it will get it will be heard. It will be heard, and it will get your attention when everything else fails. And I'm thankful. I'm so grateful for that. But he helped me um, just heal. And 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 maybe like six or eight weeks into that process, I saw I was still under the care of cardiologists. Maybe like six or eight weeks into that process, I had an echo um, cardiogram, which is an ultrasound of the heart, mm-hmm. and he was blown away. He was like, we don't see this happen. This is like so miraculous. Like I wouldn't hesitate to call it a a miracle, but he's like, you're released from care. Your heart is perfect. Like it's, I've never seen a heart this healthy. And he's like, go, go about your life. And I was like, can I run a marathon? He's like, you can do anything. Like go, you're free. Like run free. Your heart is perfect. I'm like, well, when do I need to follow up? He's like, never. (laughs) And so two months later, like after this diagnosis with just, a you know, like this, the very beginning stages of diet change and some targeted supplementation and lots and lots of rest and meditation and starting to change my internal environment away from fear and towards love my heart was like, okay, we're good, like, we're good, and that's not, that's not to say that I didn't have a lot of healing to do, and that I don't still have a lot of healing to do, because in the process, like, autoimmune um, came up, and, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a very nuanced and varied journey, but that is the, 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 one of the highlights is I was freed from the, the care of cardiology, and just free to, to just continue to get better and better and better and that's exactly what's happened I'll be 45 next week next Wednesday well and I feel better than I've ever felt I mean I do CrossFit five times a week and I have tons of energy and no pain and I'm just so excited to share this with the world it's like it's, it's not as hopeless or scary or difficult as you've been told that's a lie um, there is total healing available to you, body, mind, and spirit, and it's not as hard, or as hopeless, or as unreachable as you think it is, as you've been led to believe.
0: Yeah, yeah, there's so much in just the decision, like you said, I mean, your story is so um, dramatic, in the sense that, you know, you get in five years to live, and um, that kind of stuff, but it's, it's, it's like something happened in that moment, like you said, and something rose up, and it was like, I decide no, and there is something so powerful in that decision that if the wake up call is heard, right, like we are all being and this is so important in this time of the you know covid nineteen and there's a lot of fear, and people are i mean we are we are getting a wake up call, and um if we accept it and kind of lean into it, then I think, you know, the suffering is, is so much less. Right. And so,
1: and the suffering, you know, like I'm, I have a background and a degree in psychology and honestly, that was like, that's (laughs) funny because I like just went to school and went to school and changed majors and changed majors. Didn't know what I wanted to do. Didn't know what I wanted to do. And then I finally just like, cobbled all of my credits together and went to the the school counselor and I was like what can I get for this like what can you do with this and she was like well you can take you know like six more classes and get a BA in psychology and I was like fine so but it's funny because I use it every day it's so funny how life works is I had no no clue what was going to happen in my life and what I was going to end up doing as my life's work but I use psychology all the time but one of the the authors and, like, the thought leaders um, that I am so enamored with is Viktor Frankl. And he was a doctor. He was actually a psychiatrist that was captured in, the, in World War II and put into his Jewish and put into a concentration camp. He lost his wife. He lost his parents. Um, just horrible suffering. And he details all of this in, in his book, Man's Search for Meaning, and his premise, he actually came out with a whole entire uh, therapeutic approach from it. But his premise is that if you have meaning to your suffering, you can get through anything. If you have meaning to your suffering, you can get through anything. Because the the thing that, that takes us out, and this is like what he said about people in concentration camps, if they if they told themselves a story that this was purposeful, they were going to get through it on the other end and they were going to have... Um, you know, like some benefit, like Napoleon Hill says, every heartbreak, every adversity, every adverse circumstance comes with it, a seed of a great, equal or greater benefit. And so we can look for the seed and look for the benefit and create meaning in the stories that we tell ourselves, or we can give way to hopelessness and go that direction. And, you know, you have free will, so you can go either direction that you want, but both are always available in every single circumstance. And I'll tell you, you know, it's like such a fun story to stand up on the stage and be like, I had congestive heart failure. I healed miraculously. And here I am to help the world. But I'll tell you the battles of darkness, like the battles in darkness that I had to face going home from the hospital having oxygen, having a bag full of medication, being updated on my status on a, on a transplant list, like the battles that I had to fight in my mind to get through to hope were significant. I'll never forget it. I'll never forget those. And that's really what, what humanity almost on the collective is being called to right now. It's like the virus isn't really the threat the fear is the threat and the healing of fear and fear is so in panic and you know like what's going to happen uncertainty is so intolerable to us as we've been domesticated that it's like we don't know what to do with it right we don't know what to do with it and I feel like that's honestly, Claire, like, I feel like that's why I came. Like, that's why I came to earth. And that's what I'm here to do is to help people navigate that because on the other side of fear is total and complete peace and purpose. And so that's what I believe humanity is being called to that place right now is like, what are you going to choose? The river of, there's like two rivers going opposite directions and the river of hopelessness and fear is really strong. It's rushing like a mighty raging river right now but on the other side just on on the other side is the same it's like hope and love and and bright 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 light and it just depends whichever you put your foot in you're gonna get swept away by it but you, and you have that choice you have that choice of what you're gonna put your foot in And you do have a choice. I know it doesn't feel like that when you're overwhelmed with anxiety, but at any moment, you can let go of fear and reach for love. It's always
0: available to you. You guys, Amy is a preacher. I don't know if you know (laughs) this. (laughs) But she is. My husband saw, you know, he doesn't hear you speak as much as I do in like trainings and things like that, but he saw you speak at um at our team dinner in Salt Lake last and you just made a little a little speech. I mean it was awesome, but he was like just looking at me like, Holy cow, like that's Amy. I'm like, Yep, that's Amy. She's speaking the truth. Um yes so
1: well there's a there's something there's something and this is actually a biblical referen- reference from from scripture like christian scripture but it there's something called the treasures of darkness it's from the old testament i won't go into like all of the um, story behind it but there's something called the treasures of darkness and when you walk through dark times and you come out on the other end of it you come out with this like fire and that's what that's what you're seeing is like this it's like true passion and belief and fire and that's what you get and it's available it's for everyone it's not just for me it's for everyone it's just like how are you going to look at your circumstances are you going to look at your circumstance like whatever your heart failure is like you mentioned somebody that you love you know losing their job over this and I know that you know like there's there's loss of life, there's loss of income, there's loss of, and, and I don't want to minimize any of that, but take it from somebody who's walked through the darkest valleys is like, there's something that comes with you on the other side of that, that is so, so, so precious, Where you can actually look back and go, I'm glad that happened. I'm glad that happened. You know, I've also walked through um, a very difficult marriage and divorce and watched so many things heal as a result of that, that I thought were completely hopeless. And you come out on the other end of that and you're like, I can get through anything. I can get through anything. And I was, I was just looking this up and I hope it's okay to share, but it's a, it's a quote by Pima Chodron. And she says, there's a common misunderstanding among all the human beings who have ever been born on earth, that the best way to live is try to avoid pain and try to just get comfortable. A much more interesting, kind, adventurous, and joyful approach to life is to begin to develop our curiosity, not caring whether the object of our inquisitiveness is bitter or sweet. We must realize that we can endure a lot of pain and pleasure for this and pleasure for the sake of finding out who we are and what this world really is. And that's the journey that we're on. There's purpose in, there's purpose in pain. There's purpose in pain. So if, if you find yourself, which, which you doesn't on any given day, if you find yourself in pain, look for the purpose in it. Look for the purpose in it. It's always there. And it's always teaching you who you really are, what the world, what the nature of reality really is, and why you came, why you came.
0: Hi everybody, this is Clara. I'm interrupting this very amazing podcast to let you know about something I've got going on. So I decided to start a virtual guided meditation and support group for the next couple weeks. So if you're listening to this it, far in the future, this won't apply. But this is for Friday, March 20th at 12 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Will be um, I'll be leading a meditation on stress and resilience on Wednesday. The March 25th at 1 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, I will be leading a meditation and talk and support group on emotional alchemy. On Friday, March 27th at 4 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, I will be talking about nervous system grounding and leading a meditation and support around that. Tuesday, March 31st at 2 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, I'll be talking about immune support and leading a meditation around that. And then Friday, um, April 3rd at 12 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, I will be leading a meditation and a talk around energetic hygiene. These are 45 minutes. They are free. They're open to everyone and anyone. We will be able to ask questions, get support, um, and they will be recorded if you can't attend live. Now, I know you're just listening to this, so if you want to sign up, you can get all of that information uh, once you sign up, and you'll just have to go to bit.ly slash virtual support group and that will bring you to the um, email sign up and then you'll get all the details delivered to your inbox. Thanks for being here and I'm so excited to support those of you who feel call up to join us. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, there's um, the quote, a quote that I've been thinking about a lot, suffering ends where meaning begins, which is exactly what you're saying. And then just this concept of, of, purpose being, well, I guess how I say it is like power comes from the dark, you know, like, um, we don't, interesting people don't have easy breezy lives. Like that's not, it's not interesting. There's no depth to it. I mean, if, if you have amazing, I don't know anyone who has, like, I don't know anyone who hasn't gone through something really, really hard in their life and hasn't hopefully come out the other side. I think there's people who kind of come out the other side a little bitter, but that's when they're, they're just totally connected to that identity of, you know, this happened to me and I'm a victim. Um, So yeah, there's so much, so many treasures of the darkness. And
1: there is, and there's a, there's a difference, a critical distinction that I want to make between pain and suffering. Mm -hmm. You can be in a lot of pain and not suffer. Suffering comes from the meaning, the stories that we tell ourselves about the pain. You're getting ready to go through birth, and it's like, spoiler alert, it hurts. <laughs> you know, like there's some what? pain involved in birth. Yeah, like you don't want to freak you out, but there's some pain involved in birth, and there's pain involved after birth. For the rest of your life (laughs) where kids are concerned um you know there's cracked and bleeding nipples there's tantrums there's sleeping issues and then you know then you get into the teen years there's hormones and you know it's like there's a lot of pain involved in parenting and mothering but it is the most beautiful exquisite pain that i would not have missed or trade for anything it's pain but it doesn't have to be suffering suffering is a story that we tell ourselves it'll always be like this this is the end i'm flawed i'm broken you know all the things that we uh, i deserve this like all the all the stories that we tell ourselves that our ego tells us in the midst of pain is what creates the suffering so the end of suffering is meaning exactly what you said is like what is the story that you're telling yourself about this like birth is a perfect example because birth is very synonymous with like our our own rebirth, like our spiritual awakening is like, it's uncomfortable. You question everything, you know, and and the ground beneath you starts to shake. And it's a really awkward, uncomfortable, painful process. And it depends, like, what's the story you tell yourself? Well, in birth, it's easy. It's like, okay, I'm going to hurt for a few hours, however long it lasts. And then I'm going to have baby. Like, and then I'm going to hold this baby and it's going to be, it's all going to be worth it. That's easy because we all know what happens at the end of labor, you know, is you get a baby. But we need to train ourselves to that when we can't see the baby, we can't see the end. We can't necessarily know just to trust that it's happening for us. And there's a baby, there is a purpose. There's a, there's a reason on the other end of it. And tell ourselves a hopeful story instead of a fearful, hopeless story. is That's the, the difference between pain and suffering is, is really critical. And the other piece, too, that I want to paint is I'm a very um, committed student of The Course in Miracles. And there is a point where you get connected back inside, where you go through the nightmare. And the nightmare ends. And the dream, like the happy dream begins is kind of the analogy that the course makes. So life is not pain. Um, there is, you know, moments, there are moments of life that are pain, but for someone who lived their entire life in suffering up into a point where it tipped somewhere and now it's just like momentary moments of pain, just because God, the universe, source, whatever you prefer, much prefers to teach us through pleasure. That's like what it he, she, it wants to do is like teach us through pleasure. But when we won't accept pleasure, when we won't open our hearts to receive, pain is more effective usually when we're not listening. So there's another thing is like, there's, there's two things here is like the stories you tell yourself and how quick you surrender to your circumstances, you know, and how quick you're like willing to be led and to take a look, um, is, is what really determines the amount of pain because you don't have to, like, I don't want to paint this, this, this hopeless picture of like, you know, life is pain and you're going to be in pain. If you want a life of purpose, you're going to be in pain for your whole life. Like interesting people, are people who have walked through pain and now they're out of it. You know, like and now they're like here's how you get out of pain. Like that's the interesting thing about it. So I just want to make sure there's a lot of teaching out there that's just like, you know, life is suffering and it's pain and just get used to it and that, that I don't I don't believe that. It's not my experience. And so maybe you can speak to that too. But there is a transition where you go from being led by pain to being drawn forward by by pleasure
0: yeah yeah I would like to learn about divine love through divine love it's like a it's like a mantra that I have (laughs) Uh, but yeah there's so much in this I've been taking notes and thinking about where to go and I think the next thing I'd like to hear you speak about is um and I'll kind of elaborate on this but it's like it's transformation so the birth example is really really poignant because it, there's a transformation that happens especially you know the first time that you give birth it's like maidenhood the archetype is like maidenhood to motherhood there's like a whole nother dimension of yourself that has to that has been coming forward through pregnancy but has to really come forward and there's a a breaking like point you know there's a breaking so that the pieces can reconfigure to transform you into mother or but any but this is any difficult thing in your life right it's like the breaking has to happen so that you can transform and i've been really interested in this concept of transformation lately because it's because i'm going through one and because um because if you're going to step in that river of love and trust um through a transformation you have to really be willing to to break to let to let the pieces of that you've been holding together like the, the foundation of your house you have to break it and you have to like let it fall to the ground and the practice is not being okay with that so much but but allowing it to happen because of the trust that the transformation is taking place I don't is that making sense like can you speak to that one hundred percent makes sense.
1: And that's what, you know, we all do it. I'm a, you know, I coach a lot of people and um, I I have just the privilege of sort of midwifing a lot of spiritual births. And it's so funny to watch because I've done it in my own life. And there's like such a predictable pattern. It's like, we pray for change, you know, like we're so miserable in our circumstances and we pray to you know, even if it's not even a conscious prayer, it's like, we pray for, <clears throat> we pray our soul prays. you know, like for the unveiling of the, of the purpose. And we feel, we feel restless and we feel bored and we feel stymied and stagnant and, and we pray for whatever that breakthrough is, but the transformation requires a total rearrangement it's like the butterfly you know the caterpillar wants to be the butterfly but it has to go through the cocoon and in the cocoon it turns to complete mush and totally rearranges its entire being and then comes out on the other side as a completely new creation and the process of of becoming transformation is exactly like that we want the butterfly but we don't want the cocoon we want to hold on to our structures of knowing, and we want, to, we want the, the transformation on the other side without the breaking, and we, we're afraid of the breaking. We're afraid of the breaking because we think pain um, will, will take us out, and that's like my main message is like pain will not take you out. What will, make, what will take you out is the meaning that you give to your pain, and you mentioned victim that's the that's like the biggest danger that i see is like if there's a a villain in all of this it's blame and blame is really just the anchoring in of a victim mindset saying it's you it's trump it's the economy it's you know i'm i'm being oppressed by racism or a economic system or whatever it is putting taking your power and putting it out here and that is really what that is what really keeps you from Stepping into the into the river is the resistance to total responsibility for what's going on inside of yourself, and then a trust and an opening up to the divine plan, which requires us to admit that we don't have that. like with our limited reasoning, human minds brains, we don't have the divine plan. There's our plan, and there's the plan. And so the transformation to which you're referring requires that we release our plan and embrace the plan. And that's a breaking down. And Clara, it's what we're seeing happen in society right now in culture globally. It's like the economic systems that enslave and oppress people, the food system that enslaves and oppresses people that we've given our power to quite frankly, the the pharmaceutical system, um, the broken healthcare system that we give our power away to doctors and drugs. And those things can be very, very useful. Ask me how I know, but you can't give your power to them. You know, like you have to to remain, you have to retain your seat of power and responsibility and powerfulness. And so those systems need to come down. They have to come down. They have to come down for us to walk into a world that is beautiful and equal and that we have really the opportunity to thrive and flourish. But we hold on. We hold on to what we know. We hold on to all of us. We hold on to the systems and the comfort of what we know rather than letting go of that and free falling for a moment and trusting that God's going to catch us on the other side. It's like, um, you know, it's like it's like holding on to this side, and you want to get to the other side so bad. And you know, like it's kind of foggy. You're trying to get your your hands on whatever's over here, but but you can't do it. Like you're stretching, stretching, stretching. You can't do it until you let go of this side, and then, you are free to reach forward and grab what's on the other side of that. There's this moment of like fall. and this is where trust and surrender comes in because you know, back to my story of heart failure. I didn't know, I didn't know that I was going to go eight weeks later and get a clean bill of health. I had no assurance of that. In fact, everything was telling me the opposite. I had a bag of medications, an oxygen tank, you know, I couldn't climb stairs. Everything was telling me the opposite. And so in that moment of free fall, you just have to decide. You have to decide what you're going to give your attention and your focus to. And, and when you give it to love and when you give it to trust and when you give it to hope, everything does break. But you know that what is breaking is what is keeping you enslaved. What's really breaking are the bars of the prison doors. And that's the perspective. It's like when you break, you're breaking out. You're breaking through. And don't fear the pain of that. Let every bit of it come up and be felt so that it can be healed and surrendered. and you know I have to say, like you're not alone in this. Most people are just like, "Ah, you know, this could be really frightening. i I get that to somebody who's just maybe hearing this stuff for the first time. You're not in charge of the process, and you're not alone in the process. You have like the inner teacher, you have the guide, you have the holy spirit inside of you that has access to the divine man, mind and the divine plan. So you have fear, which isn't really real, but we give it reality with our focus. And then you have love. Both of those exist in your mind. And the practice of healing is just when you feel fear saying, I, I feel afraid, but I'm willing not to. And then asking for the higher perspective.
0: Yeah, it's like in A, in a Course in Miracles, they talk a lot about like, um, a smidgen of willingness is all it takes just a little sliver if you are willing. Um, yeah. So yeah. Something that I ask people a lot when they're going through this transformation process and they're holding on to the old structures, they're doing this thing. Like, you know, if you're not watching the video, but you can, you know, you're holding to one side and trying to reach to the other side. Like, I'll just stay over here and keep it safe, just in the steadiness while I reach over here. And once it's safe to, you know, jump, I'll, then I'll jump. Or um, show
1: me the whole plan before yeah. I take one single step. I want to see the entire map before I take one. Sorry, <laughs> yeah. babe. Sorry, yeah.
0: babe. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. No, not how it's gonna work. You're gonna get pushed eventually. But um, one thing I like to ask people is like, what what wants to die? Like we have, because we're not alone, because we have this internal guidance system that the more we tap into, the more trust, I think we cultivate what wants to die. Like what is the shell? What is the skin? Or how
1: about this, Clara? Like what has already died? Like how many of us are carrying around dead, stinking, rotting, Things that died a long time ago, and we're just carrying them around. We're so. like,
0: look at my coat; like it's still, you know, it's like, yeah. I I don't know why I just keep getting an image like, why of like are there flies
1: buzzing all around me. <laughs> well, it's because you got dead meat like in your bag, like yeah, get rid of that. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. So, and and a lot of times in my experience, people know they'll know. Like that's like oh, a 100%. journal, a journal prompt. You know, like yeah. what's already dead that I'm just lugging around with me um, because I'm scared to let it go. Right.
1: And if that seems, if that even seems like a little bit too, like nuanced to, to really grasp and understand is like, what are you tolerating? Mm-hmm. You know, like, what are you tolerating? It's just like, you know, what's that person that keeps like, keeps on busting your boundaries. Like you're trying to set boundaries and you're trying to you know, put limits around your life. And it's like, who's that person that just keeps on like they but you're holding on to it because it serves your lower self and your fear. And so when you ask a question like that, it's like, what are you tolerating in your life? It's like, oh, like what are you putting up with? That you if I had a magic wand to just wave it and and fix a problem, that that problem right now, that person, that relationship that that health problem, that financial, you know, debt, like whatever it is that you are struggling under that burden is like, that's it. Or that's, at least that's the next thing is like what you're tolerating. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And this, and, and Amy spoke to this, but this can, mm -hmm. This can feel like okay, like you know, you're listening to something like this, and you're like, cool, like, or, all right, like I'm gonna let go of stuff, and it's like, no, it's going to be like you're gonna doubt. You are going to doubt. Doubt is like the wedding stone, the sharpening of your resolve. Like you, you, you need it to, to cut through, right? So, like, just know that this isn't. It's not. It's like I just made a podcast before this one, and I think I'll probably make this one go live sooner rather than later because it's poignant to the times. But, um, I talked about everything good in life is hard and this is it like this, it'll be hard. It's going to be hard. Like you're going to doubt this process and you might even be in the midst of doubting this. Um, and I think it's just really important to acknowledge that too, because it's not like, okay, like you get all inspired and excited. And you're just going to go head, headlong into it and change everything about your life. It's like, no, like part of the breaking down and the transformation is being in that darkness, in that place of doubt and, and sharpening and choosing, like you said, in that moment to choose love.
1: hundred percent. And I mean, listen, at the end of the day, the process is the point, like wherever you're trying to get to. That's fine to be led by your desire. And I believe we can all have our dreams come true. Um, I'm a huge, huge, huge proponent of that. But it's not the point. It's not the point. The process is the point. The journey is the point. It's the point. Like it's, it's, so, so come present to the journey. Whatever's here, whether it's doubt or cognitive dissonance, there's, there's two reactions to a conversation like this one of them is like, I want that. I want that. Like, how do I get that? I want that transformation. Somebody are just, some people are just like ready. They're here for it. And then the second one is cognitive dissonance where it's like, no, 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 no. Your ego is just like so triggered and you're like, she's ugly and she's mean. And I don't want to listen to her her anymore. You know, like if you're having that reaction, it's cool. I'm fine with it. I say like, I say all the time, my job is like, Going around and letting people out, like of traps that are biting the crap out of my fingers, like wounded, (laughs) wounded people. You know, like when you go up to an animal and you're like, I'm trying to help you, and they're like growling and snarling and biting you. (laughs) I'm like, that's my job. I'm (laughs) used to it. If you don't like me, if you don't like what I'm saying, I'm here for you. Like, I love you. That's exactly, that's a pretty normal reaction that the ego has because the ego is trying to keep you safe. And your ego defenses are what's like always on the attack. And like, you know, I reject that. And it's okay if that's the reaction you're having. But just know like this is maybe not your time yet, but it's coming. Like if you've been exposed to this kind of a message, if this is something that you're hearing, it's like you're being invited and you are, are here in the place that you're supposed to be. You're exactly where you're supposed to be. You're not late you're not behind the eight ball. You're exactly where you're supposed to be. So if your ego is like being stirred up by this, just pay attention to that. That's it. Just pay attention and come present with what's going on inside of you. So the other side then is, of course, is like, I'm in for it. Like, let's go. And it's like, you see the hope of the other side. And that's like, that is what draws you forward is the hope of healing and you do have to keep your eyes in the process. You do have to keep your eyes on the, on the, on the prize. There's peace and there is healing and there is purpose and there's passion on the other side of all of this, what we're talking about, like the breaking and the transforming. And then you get like your little carrot from the stick mm-hmm. and you get to like Love it and eat it for a moment, and then another vista opens mm-hmm. up in front of you, and you're invited to let go of that one and reach even higher. And so it's ongoing. It's like just get used to it and enjoy the journey because the process, not the destination, is the point.
0: Mm-hmm. Exactly. And um, and another thing that the course says is. Um, you know, suffering is due to an untrained mind and I think, or something like that. But I think every level that you're talking about, every new Vista, it's like you learn how to train the mind even more, right. Or really put the mind where it's supposed to be, which is in service to the soul, not the other way around. That's
1: right. That's right. That's, that's the definition of healing is flipping that paradigm. And training your mind, and when you have a trained mind, you become unfuck mm-hmm.
0: like
1: that's the that's the definition like the sort of crude definition of that I have is like coronavirus <laughs> okay, here yeah. for it yeah. you know like that's and an, when you have trained your mind, you see things really differently you see things really differently. I was in the CrossFit gym today and I was like crickets and I was like, I'm following my guidance, you know, like I'm doing what, what, and I'm not saying to disobey the CDCs. I'm well within like what my state has, has recommended. I'm not saying to like go rogue and be rebellious, but when you are unfuck withable, you don't, I don't get my orders from the news media. I don't get my orders from people. I don't get it from whatever society tells me to do that almost killed me that mm-hmm. shit like put me in a hospital bed with five years to live mm-hmm. and so now i follow my guidance i follow the holy spirit inside of me the inner teacher the wisdom of the ages because that entity sees so i can see this you know like we can see more like this, <laughs> this yeah. i can see <laughs> but the holy spirit can see the future like it's It's the Holy Spirit's in a dimension that doesn't have any time. Mm -hmm. So it's like all the parallel timelines, the future, the past, every person on planet Earth, it's like such a vast amount of information. So when the Holy Spirit's like do this. Sorry about that. It's (laughs) not it's not COVID. I just had a little little tickle. (laughs) A little tickle of it I know. So um when the Holy Spirit gives you guidance and direction, you can trust that that it's from such a higher reality than anything that you can see. And so you do that and you're perfectly safe inside the will of God, inside the divine plan, inside the divine blueprint is the, is the safest place to be. But ironically, it will put what you your flesh kind of holds sacred and secure it, at risk. Um, I was, I was actually on a coaching call, um, with a doctor yesterday who has had to close her practice and she's really a lot of fear around that. And oh, yeah. she actually gave me her permission to make our conversation into a podcast. Cause it's so, it's like, I think what everybody's kind of feeling right now. And I was telling her my story of, I've kind of seen this prophetically coming my whole life. Like I've seen this time in history like like developing and it it engendered a lot of fear in me because I wasn't looking through the lens of of love. I wasn't looking at the hope of it. I was just kind of seeing like the swirling and the uncertainty my whole life and so as as that happened, i would i I have stored food my entire life since I was a little little kid, I have stored food, I've stockpiled food and supplies my whole life. My mom will tell you stories of like going in my room, like once a month to clean it out because there were like, I would eat half my sandwich and save the rest. I would like hide granola bars in my stuffed animals. And I always had like, sat hoarding. just hoarding, totally, totally, <laughs> totally hoarding because I saw this happening And like living through this is surreal to me because I'm like, oh my God, I have dreamed this. I have seen this. I have journaled this. And, but I wasn't looking at it through love's perspective. And I think that, that, like that thing that you fear the most, there's clues to that in your purpose. Like the thing that you fear the most, there is clues to that in a problem that you are here to solve. And so, you know, like this, when I had kids, this like hoarding impulse went on supercharged because I wasn't going to like not be able to feed my babies. Right. So there was a time when my son, he's 13 now. So 10 years ago when he was three that I had enough food, I had a garden and I canned and I like had everything fermented and I had enough like packaged food and canned food to last us six months. No problem in my house. And I mean, under beds in closets, and um, just like you would not believe the amount of food that I had stockpiled in our house because, you know, my babies aren't going hungry. So as I began to heal, the Holy Spirit started to deal with me on that and be like, no, that's no, <laughs> you, you look to me for your peace and you look to me for your guidance. And if there's something you need to do, I will tell you but this is like living like an orphan. You know, like nobody's gonna come through for me, so I'm gonna get here in my house without being having any access to food, and so I'm gonna take care of myself. My ego's like, you know, your ego's always trying to like take care of you. And so little by little, I had to release my stockpiles of food. So here I was that, you know, like having that hoarding thing broken off of me, you know, like that was like the work of the spirit like, that's how it works is just like step by step, precept upon precept, little by little, it's so gentle, but over, you know, over 10 years, that's something that, that the spirits are working with me on is just letting go of that self preservation and that like, um That belief that I had to take care of myself and that and, and and shifting into love, which is really that I am loved and that I am provided for, and that the universe is completely abundant, and that whatever I need will be given um what, in plenty of time and so I'm walking, I'm I'm walking through this process. Now it's here and I don't have my stock files of food that I had 10 years ago. You know, like I have have three days of food in my house, you know, (laughs) like, I'm like, dang it. Um, Talk about timing, but no, it's like, it's all good and it's all purposeful. And, but I'm not afraid at all. I'm like completely and totally at peace. And so like Sunday, I keep checking in and I'm like, do I go get food? Do I do i need toilet paper like <laughs> should i get in on this toilet paper frenzy you know and it's always like coming back to that place of peace is like no you're good you're good Ste- hold steady hold steady hold steady and then on sunday i woke up and out of the blue like right when i woke up i was like go get a tank of gas so it was like okay so i went and got a tank of gas and then monday i went through my day and was doing you know nothing out of the ordinary And at 6 o'clock p.m. around, like I was kind of wrapping it up, getting ready to make dinner for my kids. And the Holy Spirit's like, go grocery shopping. And I was like, come on. You know, I'm tired. I've had a full day. I've been up since 5 o'clock. I'm like, I don't want to go grocery shopping at 6 p.m. You know, like, and I live 30 minutes away from Costco where I was going to go. And I'm like, I'm an introvert. And I've been looking at these videos of, and I don't even do my own grocery shopping anymore. Um, I have an assistant that does that. And so I'm like really kind of put out by this. Right. And and she went last week for me and just got like a week's worth of groceries. And she sent me a video like of of lines, like 30 people deep. And so I'm like, Oh no, (laughs) but that's what the guidance said. And I have learned follow the guidance always. So I went and it was crickets, like fully stocked shelves. Nobody there didn't wait in one line. And like, this is the beauty. Like you can, you can have it one of two ways. You can take care of yourself with your limiting thinking that you can see three inches in front of your face, or you can tap into that wisdom of God and guidance that makes everything with ease and flow. So I went and I got like, you know, it wasn't crazy, but I got enough food to lasts us for however long this lasts, I think, I don't know how long it's gonna last, but I know that it'll be given. That's the thing. That's the unfuckwithableness is like the, no matter what comes, I will be taken care of because it's not me that's doing the taking care of it's God and God's provision is perfect and his timing is sure. And so that is the, that's the peace. Like the course in miracles says that nothing unreal, nothing real can be threatened. And nothing unreal exists. And only love is real. And therein lies the peace of God. And so what what is real, what is true is love. And love always comes with provision. Like, you know, I wouldn't not feed my kids. And God and the Holy Spirit's like not gonna feed me if you trust in that. If you trust in that, that's the river. If you put your trust, if you put your trust in fear. If you put your trust in scarcity, that's going to be what sweeps you down that river. So I love sharing that story because it's like, oh my gosh, this is, it's here. Like whatever this is, it's here. And now I'm not prepared, but I'm better prepared than I ever, ever was because of my internal state and my, my connection. Hopefully that makes sense.
0: It totally makes sense. And you guys wonder where only love my like tagline comes from. Right there, I love it. Um, yeah. So, such a different way of being than I think most people operate from too. Um, and I have, I have so many, you know, more questions and ways to go with it. But I'm gonna wrap it up because we, our technology is faltering, and, um, and I don't want to like take any more of your time. But um tell us i just want you to mention rise to Rain and how people can find you and all of that stuff
1: yeah well first of all you're not taking my time it is given joyfully so <laughs> i appreciate <laughs> the opportunity to spend this time with you and your audience but um, so my website is just my name it's amiekillinsworth.com and um, you can download a free video series there you can schedule a breakthrough call with one of our our coaches if you want to um, talk about like working with me directly we do live events. Those are on hold for a while. So we yep. don't know like what, um, you know, Rise to Rain Live is, is where you get to actually like come together in community. We don't know what's going to happen. We were going to have one this summer, but um, we don't really know if that's going to happen or not. But if you, if you just go on my website and sign up for any of the resources that you, you see there, um, you'll be on my mailing list and then you'll be able to be, be in touch And the other thing is my podcast. And we already talked about that. It's rise to rain. It's available anywhere. Podcasts are, um, are available in my podcast website is Amy killingsworth podcast.com. And you can sign up for a free resource there and get on the insiders list to get new episodes and stuff there too. So, um, lots of ways to connect with me and my team and, um, just so such a joy such a joy to be able to serve in times like this so thank you clara for having me and thank you for sharing this message of love with your with your audience you are just a beautiful beautiful shining light
0: <laughs> thank you oh beautiful all right guys you heard it there and we will link all that stuff in the show notes and thank you so much amy for being here it's a pleasure Thank you so much for listening to this amazing episode. We are so grateful for your support, your feedback, anything that you'd like to share with us. We appreciate fully revolutionary helpdesk at gmail.com is where you can send any questions, comments, feedback. And if you'd like to check out more about me, Claire Wisner, go to revolutionarylifestyle.com. Thanks for listening.